As I mentioned, I live in Kansas City. I live uh, in a community. We are a religious community. There's nine of us in the community. Uh, so we pray together, eat meals together, and do some fun things together. But we don't all necessarily do the same kind of work. For although I live at a parish, I don't do parish work. Most of the time I travel out and I preach. Uh, I preach parish missions, retreats, and I preach like I am today for Unbound. And I've been doing this preaching ministry for about almost nine years. Uh, before that, I was a pastor for 24 years. I was pastor in four different parishes in four different cities. The last time I was pastor was in New Orleans. I arrived there exactly three weeks before Hurricane Katrina arrived. And I just want to tell you that it wasn't my fault. As you can imagine, it was a, a challenging time for everybody, uh, myself included. But I look back on it, it was a very good time because I appreciated the people of New Orleans so much. I was also grateful because people from all over the country were generous in many ways, and whatever you did, thank you for that. Jesus did not do miracles and signs just so he could show off. He did them to display God's mercy in such a way that would cause people to want to change their lives and to draw closer to God. Jesus is sometimes dismayed that so many folks in many different towns have steadfastly refused to be moved by the things that he's doing. They see them, but they're untouched by it. That's exactly what's happening with Jesus before today's gospel passage. So he's kind of reading the riot act to some of these towns. But his tone changes completely in today's gospel. His audience is different. The audience is now made up of people who are already disciples or who are about to become disciples. And so he opens up with a prayer. A prayer to his father. This is one of the few times that we actually get to hear the words of Jesus' prayer. We know he prays a lot, but we don't always get to eavesdrop on what he says exactly. Uh, this type of prayer is a prayer that he would have learned early on in his life, probably on the knees of Joseph and Mary. He starts out, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you can translate religious professionals in that category, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. Who are the little ones? The little ones are those who recognize that they don't know it all. 
Instead, they are eager to learn and to be moved. And they're open to the great mysteries of life and have the ability to take us beyond our ordinary lives into a much greater life. These wonderful mysteries that draw us in and where we will also come to a much deeper awareness of God's presence. That's what Jesus has in mind as he continues his prayer. He's praying to the Father. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. So to whom does Jesus wish to reveal the Father? To everyone who is willing to listen. Jesus absolutely wants to reveal the Father to us. And then he turns away from prayer and he speaks to us. He says, come to me, all you who are labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The word yoke, physically speaking, a yoke is something as a collar, probably made out of wood that's put on the, the neck of an ox or oxen to pull a load. But metaphorically speaking, the term yoke was also applied to the law. The law of Moses is contained primarily in the first five books of the Bible called the Torah. And there were 613 precepts of the Torah. You could keep pretty busy just keeping track of them. But not only that, the scribes and the Pharisees added hundreds of other man-made regulations. These had to be kept perfectly according to them and in their entirety. This is absolutely mind-boggling. It gears us for failure. Keeping the law as the Pharisees wanted was for failure. It's impossible. On the other hand, Jesus has summed up the law very simply. He says, it comes down to two things. You love God and you love your neighbor. Well, this is not always an easy thing to do. It's very freeing to know that this is what the law is. It allows us to breathe, to see what is ultimately important. It unclutters our lives and gives us something to live by. For us little ones, this yoke is much easier. As I mentioned at the beginning, I'm also here to speak to you about Unbound. Unbound is a sponsorship organization 
It was founded by Catholic laypersons in the early 1980s. And the purpose of Unbound is to connect people, people like ourselves, with very poor children or aging adults who live in one of 19 different countries. Uh, and at this present time, there's about 300,000 of these relationships that are active and alive. We've lost some because of the virus. Hopefully, we'll build up again. I happen to be one of the 300,000 sponsors. Uh, I sponsor Oscar. Oscar is a 14-year-old boy who lives in Honduras. And I decided about five years ago I would sponsor Oscar when I found out that his family of five was living on an average monthly income of $15. Well, that's not enough to provide Oscar with a decent education. May not be enough for health care or even food some days. But education is clearly the way up and out of poverty. So I want to make sure Oscar can go to school. I want to make sure he has a chance to develop his God-given gifts so that he can be an asset to himself and his family and his country. Um, and so I provide $40 a month for Oscar's benefit. Now, the benefit is particularly for him and his education. But Unbound also understands that this also helps the whole family. In fact, Unbound strongly believes in family empowerment. The family is in charge of administering the goods that are given. But there's always uh, the supervision of mothers' groups who watch over and make sure things are the way they should be. But my sponsorship of Oscar is not just about the money. It's also about a relationship, because Oscar writes letters to me. I write letters to Oscar. Of course, they're translated in between. We speak different languages. And so we're getting to know each other. I want to hear his story. I want to be an encouragement to him as much as I can be. Uh, Oscar loves school. He does well in school, particularly with the language arts. Uh, he suffered a little setback uh, last year. The school in his own village went out of existence, and he could not get to another school a, a distance away. But this year now they have provided some transportation so he can go back to school, which he loves to do. He's also a very helpful kid. He helps his dad uh, work around the house. They have a little garden patch. They have animals, chickens, rabbits, and a dog. Oscar knows them by name. He goes to church. He goes to catechism classes. A couple years ago, he wrote and told me he was grateful for, for Unbound because he got a new bed. He says he sleeps a lot better now. And I write to him, and I tell him about what's going on in my life. Before I moved to Kansas City, I was in Chicago. I sent him pictures of me shoveling snow in Chicago. Well, the truth is that there's lots of Oscars out there, uh, lots of Olivia's. This is Nia. Nia is a, an eight-year-old girl. She lives in India. 
They live in Central and South America, they live in Africa, they live in India, and they live in the Philippines. We know we can't help everybody, but that's not a reason to not help somebody. There's a great expression that says, do for one what you would like to do for everyone. Mother Teresa, I think, would appreciate that. She was asked one time how she was going to respond to the many people that were coming to her, and she said she would do it one by one. So we can all make a difference for one. So I am here today to invite you to join me in becoming a sponsor, if it's possible for you. Um, and I want to speak to those who are watching at home as well. Uh, if you are watching at home, there is an option for you as well. A particular link to the Unbound website was prepared for my preaching this weekend. I don't know if you have access to it online where you are right now. If you don't, you can probably access it on the parish website or Facebook page. But in an emergency, if you can't find the one that I'm on, which is unbound.org backslash my outreach backslash Reverend Greg Schmidt. If that's available to you, fine. If not, just go to unbound.org. You can have information there that you need to sponsor uh, a child or an aging adult in one of these different countries. You also can learn a lot about Unbound. So that's unbound.org. That's the main website. For those of you who are present here today, uh, we have another option. I have brought with me some sponsor profiles. We usually use these, but because of the virus, we're going a different route. In the vestibule of the church, very well spaced out, are some of these plastic-contained uh, profiles of people, adults, seniors, or children to be sponsored. There's not that many, but there's about 11 of them, I think. And I invite you to come and look. There's a biography of the person here. Uh, tells you where they're from, their birth, date of birth, and so forth. Um, within this, there's also a pen, and there is a sponsorship form. So if you want to sponsor, then you would open this plastic up, and you would fill out the sponsorship form. You would leave it with me and then you would take the profile home with you today. But please, whatever you do, don't, don't take one of these home unless you actually fill out the sponsorship form. So hopefully these are very uh, disinfected. The pen is inside, everything's inside that you would need. Um, by sponsoring, you can change two lives. You absolutely change the life of the person and you will also find it changes your life. Most sponsors tell me that. Um, I know $40 a month is too much for
for many people, particularly at this time. But if you can afford it, you won't spend $40 any better than this. The sponsorship commitment lasts for a while. It's sort of an ongoing thing, but it's not indefinite. Sponsorships do come to an end. For a child, they come to an end when an educational goal has been reached. That might not be the same for everyone. There are some wonderful examples of children who are sponsored who actually go to college. And that's really a great thing, but not all do. But education is very important. So if they drop out of school, they drop out of sponsorship themselves, whatever the reason is. Um, sponsorship for an aging adult usually ends with a death. It could be something else, but not always. Um, most of the time it's death because people age harder in some of these countries. They don't have medical access that we have. Um, so there are more difficulties. By becoming a sponsor, you become a member of the Unbound family. You have a support system behind you. So for example, you can pick up a phone any weekday. And you can call the Unbound main office, which is in Kansas City, Kansas, and you will speak to a live human being about any sponsorship issue or question that you might have. And you'll get it resolved. Right now, it fluctuates a little bit. Right now, 92.6 cents of every dollar goes into the program. Unbound gets the highest ranking from all the charity watchdog groups. I just want to conclude with a story that was told to me a few years back by another one of our Unbound preachers. His name is Father Bill Martin. Father Bill went on an Unbound awareness trip to Costa Rica. Unbound sponsors these trips, and you can go on them, by the way. And it just so happened that his sponsored child lived there. Her name was Rosa. She was six years old at the time. And so through Unbound, Rosa and Father Bill got a chance to meet and speak, of course, through a translator. And one day, Father Bill and Rosa were out on a walk with a group of people. Costa Rica is a beautiful country. And uh, they came to a swampy ravine. The only way across this ravine was on a bridge, which was there, the bridge was there. It was a bridge that was made out of rope with some boards that you could step on and some spaces between the boards. And so when they got to the bridge, Rosa looked up anxiously at Father Bill and she asked him a question in Spanish. He didn't understand. She asked again, somebody translated. Turns out Rosa was afraid of the bridge and she was just asking if Father Bill would hold her hand while they walked across the bridge together. And to me, that's kind of the essence of Unbound. Because as sponsors, we take the hand of a vulnerable child or an older adult, and we accompany them as they struggle to deal with the issues of their lives, mostly poverty, pretty extreme poverty. So we walk with them, and we talk with them. 
and we get to hear their stories, and we get to tell them our story if we want. I can tell you from my experience with Oscar, the gratitude is immense. They know how much their lives are changed because of this. So I invite you here and those of you who are watching to consider becoming a sponsor if it's possible for you at this time. Uh, for those of you who are here, um, I know the exits are <clears throat> before you get to the vestibule, but in the vestibule there are a number of these profiles strategically spaced out so you can go and glance at them if you'd like and read and find out if this is something that you might be interested in. And I'll be there to answer any questions. No matter which door you go out, the road to heaven goes right past the unbound profiles. Thank you. <laughs>